All right, Highlight Church. Let's clap it up. Cool. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's go again. Awesome. Good. Hey, so at the end of the worship experience, you can drop those in the offering bucket or I don't know if we still have that basket. up. The basket's still over there. Okay, cool. Amazing. Well, we are delighted to have you this morning, and um, we're going to continue in Ephesians. We're in a series entitled Chosen, and it's based upon this verse right here, Ephesians 1-4. Repeat after me, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Come on, let's clap that up. Yeah. That's all you need to succeed is to know that you have been chosen by God in Christ. Everything that God does in the world is through Jesus, not through any other means. So I am excited about today. Um, Today is going to be a great uh, message of encouragement. Um, I have on my teaching cap, but if I get a little preachy, don't mind me. Don't be afraid. Just just get behind me and, and clap it up. Shake your hand. Um, let's do a quick exercise real quick. I want everyone to stand up. Go ahead and stand up. You don't got to feel embarrassed because you're not the only one standing. And I want us to let our arms out. Give, you, give yourself some space there. Let your arms out. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. There you go. Do your neck rolls. Neck rolls. All right. Now let's take a few deep breaths. Still about six of these. Four more. Oh, boy, who is that? All right, let's sit down. That's enough of that. That's weird. Cool. Let's, let's get ready to hear the word of God. Awesome. You know, there's a way you come to church. You know, there's a way you, you sit down um, because you, you got to get the most out of this thing. You know, a guy shouldn't stand up in front of you for the next three hours and just talk and, and you not. Y'all missed that joke. 40, 45 minutes, okay? And you just sit there and not get something from it. I think that God has a word for you today. Um, back in September last year, so we launched our church October, of, uh, October 16th, 2016. And uh, at the top of September, we had what was called 30 and 30. Um, this was $30,000 in 30 days. And so we put a video out. Um, most of our team reached out to family and friends. Um, because nine of us moved here to start this church uh, last May. And um, it, was, it was a month and a half before we were set to launch. And so we are like, well, if we can get some more finances in here, we'll be able to purchase uh, some, some more things, outfit our kids' department a lot better, maybe get some road cases to, to pack all this stuff up. Um, and so at that point, we had 14000 in the in the, in the checking. And uh, we issued out this video and, and put, put about 100, 200 bucks in it on Facebook. Thousands of people seen it. And, um, and so we gave it from the top of September until the end of September because we had to buy our final purchases a week before we launched. And uh, we went from $14,000 to $16,000. <laughs> 30 and 30. It's more like 2 and 30. And so... Um, I say that to say this, we had a desired outcome, but we didn't hit that outcome. 
And uh, I thank God that, that we didn't judge, you know, our forward movement based upon a temporary outcome. We, we, we measure the opportunity to be far greater than the temporary outcome. And one thing we can identify is, is that um, every day, on a daily basis, we have certain expectations. But we don't always get the outcomes that we expect or that we, we desire. Um, but, and we can admit that, but what we can also admit is that every day we also have God-given opportunity. We have God-given opportunity. You may not get the outcome you want, but you have God-given opportunity every morning. And I believe this. I believe every outcome has its genesis in an opportunity. And so um, I, I think what the Lord wants to speak to us this morning is he wants us to identify the value of daily God-given opportunity. As a matter of fact, Lamentations 3, verse 22 through 23, it says this. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Each morning, God's mercy, God's favor, God, God makes himself available. His presence is available. His power, his, uh, his deliverance is available. It, I just read it. So I, out of the scripture, let's pull that verse back up. We just read it from the scripture. This is the word of God. And the Bible says that God is not a man that he can lie. But this is it. This is the promise. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. It's been here from the beginning. It's going to expand all the way through eternity. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. He's always going to be with you. He's always going to be by your side. His mercies begin afresh each morning, each morning. I love it. I love it because we get to see that there is God-given opportunity from the reset button every morning, every day, every interaction, every shift, every hour, every class, Every, every, every opportunity is renewed every morning um, because of how faithful God is. And so what I want to talk about this morning is how to make the most of every day. Does anyone want to make the most out of their days? All right. How to make the most out of every day. And I think in order to make the most out of every day, we have to, number one, Understand that every day is an opportunity to make wise decisions. We're still in the book of Ephesians. We're in Ephesians chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 5. We're going to start at verse 15. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, obviously we have it on the screen for you. We didn't start this church for people that are Bible scholars. There are plenty of schools for that where you can pay, but you can get a free education here. And... Uh, Maybe if you don't have a Bible this week, you can come back with one next week. We have some Bibles outside if you need them. But I think the, 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 to recognize that every day is a day to make wise decisions is important. Ephesians 5, 15, we're going to go through 20, but we're going to break it down verse by verse. Ephesians 5, 15, here we go. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. 
Paul is the spiritual father of the church in Ephesus, and he's writing in prison to encourage them. We, we've been on this track for the past three weeks on how to live as a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, God loves you. Christ died for you. Today, uh, this morning, that can, be, that can be new for you. You can be restored. You can be forgiven. But I, let's take away these principles first. And he says this, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Uh, about once a week, uh, I go to Chick-fil-A. Come on now. Unfortunately, they're closed today, so I don't mean to tempt you. Um, man, that organization is amazing. Um, I don't have time to go through how much they make and how many stores they have and all that being closed one day a week and how they make more per uh, restaurant than McDonald's and all that stuff. That stuff is just amazing. But, hey, let me, let me encourage you. Let me, let me counsel you on something. You got to go before 10.30 a.m. to get their chicken biscuits. Facts, right? Facts. Facts. They're chicken biscuits. Show of hands, let's take a real quick survey. Are you a jelly and biscuit person? Jelly and biscuit? Uh, are you honey? How many of y'all honey and biscuit people? The rest of y'all just nothing. Y'all just, y'all are out of this. But, okay. Who goes and gets the chicken minis in the morning? Fell. Epic <laughs> fell. Sorry, Andy. Anyway, you got to go before 1030. And uh, I go there at least once a week with my kids because I'm too lazy to fix food. And uh, they play in the, they go to the playground area, which is very small, probably about from there to here. It's very small. And uh, Jay-Zio, my eight-year-old, he's, he's almost like at my shoulder right now. And they have a height maximum. Um, that before the, the child enters into the playground, if they're beyond that height, uh, uh, it's dangerous to the little one. So a lot of times we go, and it's just Jay and, and, and Judah, my two kids. But then there are some times we go, and there are like seven kids in there, and most of, of which can be below the age of three years old. And so I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, Jay, you move around a lot. You're super fast. You're super aggressive. I don't know if I want you to go in the playground. Um, someone could get sued. And it's not going to be me. It's going to be Chick-fil-A. And so um, I think about it. I think about it because he's running kids over. He, he, he's drop-kicking kids and kneeing them in the face and <laughs> rock bottom and all this stuff. And I'm like, uh, let's, how about you sit down and watch your brother play today? I just don't think it's wise to play, and he's upset. But what you notice with the sign in Chick-fil-A is that they've, they've sized things up. They've sized it up. They, 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 they're saying at this particular point, if, 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 a child becomes, if a child is this tall, it is not wise. It's not okay for them to be in the playground area because of liability. Someone could get hurt or injured. It, it's, it's a hazard. They've, they've sized it up. And uh, the, the, the word in the Greek for wise means to size things up. Paul says you ought to live wise in these evil days. You ought to size it up. There should be a personal perspective, a godly perspective that drives your outward behavior. We got to start sizing it up. And so what I want to do is start from the inside out. We got to start sizing up. Some, one thing I've been sizing up lately is my thinking life. Yeah, I've been asking myself, do I want to continue to think the way that I'm thinking about this situation? 
Do I want to continue to think the way that I'm thinking about this person? Do I want to continue to think the way that I'm thinking about my relationship with God? Is he faithful or is he not? Do I want to continue to dabble on this side of the fence or on this side of the fence? Or do I want to be stable and say, you know what? God is faithful. We got to start sizing it up because if we would think about what we're thinking about, we would prevent certain future implications. Like you got to think about your relationships. Like what? I'm, I'm 30 now. So what? 10 years ago, I started to size it up. If I continue to go down this route, I'm going to end up like a lot of the other guys in my family. But when I gave my heart to Jesus, Jesus called me to break generational curses. He said, you won't be divorced. You won't sleep around. You won't be bound to alcohol. You won't be bound to drugs. And so what did I start to do? I started to size things up. And I said, man, if I continue to go in this direction, that's the future implication. And so size it up. Start sizing up your finances. A lot of us are, you know, we're praying to God to open up heaven and drop money down. And God's like, I've given you strength and you have a job and you have a source of income. And it may not seem as though it's enough for you, but it is enough. And I've also given you instruction. What you have to start doing is understanding that you just got paid on Friday. You won't be paid, if, if this is you, for another two weeks. You might want to size up how much money you're going to spend this week, this weekend. Because by Monday, you got this much in the account, and you're waiting for 12 more days. Start sizing it up. Wisdom. I want to encourage you, I've been sizing up my free time. Um, I, I'm at home right now with uh, Judah, and um, he takes up about 12 hours of my day. And, uh, you know, by 7, 30, 8 o'clock when I put him down to bed, you know, I've been, I've been sizing it up. What am I going to do from 7.30 to 11.30? Because Judah is my 8 to 5. And a lot of you have dreams and passions and you want to pursue certain things, but you tap out when class is over, when the job is done, and God is saying you need to start sizing up your free time. Free time doesn't have to be free time. It can be a time where you're investing into your passions and your dream, and one day in the future, what you're passionate about, what you dream that you could do, if you would, if you would be wise in your free time today, that could become that thing that you ultimately do in the long term to make a living from. You got to start sizing it up. So Paul says, make wise decisions. Make wise decisions. James 1.5 says this. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. If you need know-how, what is wisdom? Wisdom and knowledge are, are two different things. Knowledge is knowing information. Wisdom is knowing what's right, and what's wrong and choosing to judge and go in the direction of what's right. That's wisdom. And so James, the brother of Jesus Christ, just said, the brother of Jesus. If you're going to talk to anyone, talk to the brother of Jesus if you can't talk to him. He says, look, our father, if you need know-how, if you need to know how to navigate something, ask him and he gives gener generously. And, and Proverbs uh, 16, 20 says this, those who listen to instruction will prosper. Anyone want to prosper? Okay, well, I got five people in here. 
I don't want to. Okay, well, we go prosper. That's five. Anyone want to prosper? Let's try this again. Bro, y'all will have a brother retire by the age of 32, man, messing with y'all. Man, talk to my wife all the time about the options out there. Come on, man. Let's clap. Let's celebrate. Let's get behind the word of God this morning. And, and this is the funny part. I'm just, oh, Lord, control me right now. This is the funny part. We invite people to church. And when they come and the preacher says something good, it's crickets. And so they come to church. They haven't been to church in years. And it's like, that was just like Catholic mass. He only spoke for an hour. Let's celebrate so people can be excited about what you're excited about. Why do I come if you're not excited? Let's try it again. Come on. Let's try it again. I don't know. I mean, back when I was in college, I invited someone to church. I'm front row. I was, come on with it, pastor. I'm taking notes. I'm leaning in. And before you know it, my my friend who wasn't even walking with the Lord a month later, they on fire. They embarrassing me two months later. I'm like, <laughs> chill, man, calm down. He good. He ain't that good. But he's... Sorry, we, I'm wasting time. Come on. Come on, church. Here it is. Proverbs 19.8. I love this. To acquire wisdom is to love oneself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. Every great destination has its foundation on wise decisions. Everyone that you see in any industry that has done something great in life, chances are they're standing on a heap of wisdom. Man, I see those people, and I see that person, and I see that, you know, you know, honey, we have a lot of money, but we're not happy in our marriage. They have a lot of money, and they're happier. They don't have a lot of money, and they're happy, and they're joyful, and they're friends, and they're making it. Our, man, that, every success story is founded upon wisdom. Every day is an opportunity to seek, to get, and to make wise decisions. You get wisdom from a few places, and then I'm going to move on to our next point. Number one, the word of God. Uh, number two, godly counsel. So if there's a spiritual leader or a pastor in your life that you trust, doesn't have to be me, that you trust anyone, you go to them for godly wisdom. You receive it and you apply it. And watch God honor the principles that that person taught you as you apply the principle. Um, and, and then the Holy Spirit, if you are a believer, you have the Holy Spirit This is why it's important to develop a prayer life because God wants to speak to you even in the middle of your week. He wants to guide you in a certain direction. All right. How to make the most of every day. Number two, I believe we got to fill up on the good stuff. Let's fill up on the good stuff. Ephesians 5.18 says this. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's reread that. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Repeat this after me. I am a soul with a body. I am not a body 
with a soul. You are a soul with a body. Genesis 2, 7 should be King James says this here. Praise God. And the Lord formed um, man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So God formed man from the dust. He breathed. The word here is ruach. It means spirit. But it also means he breathed his power and his life. So God is the source of life. And at that point, man became a living soul. All right? He became an animated, conscience, living being. We are a soul. This is just a carcass. This is just a container. And so the Bible says that uh, from dust you came to dust you shall return. So when we die, this body goes into the dust. Our souls go either to heaven to be with Jesus or goes to Hades to be separated from the source of God, which is hell. So hell isn't, we think fire all the time. Hell is to be separated from the source of life, which is God, which is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Okay, and so you are a soul. The word here is nefesh. And your soul is the immaterial part of who you are. So you can't touch it. You're a spirit being. Okay, and, it, and you live on forever. Now your soul is made up of three things, biblically. Your soul is composed of your thoughts. So your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So your thoughts, your actions, and your feelings. So the word, the, the, the question is, is drinking a sin? Is drinking alcohol a sin? Drinking alcohol is not a sin. Now, we're not going to deal with tonight, uh, tonight is dark in here, this morning about, um, you know, uh, your, your witness. So we'll deal with it real quick. So let me, let me just encourage any Christians in here. You may be the only Jesus that someone sees. So you got to be careful about your, your Facebook and your Instagram posts when you go out and, and, and someone who struggles with drinking or has a certain vice, they know you follow Christ. Chances are it wouldn't be too smart to go out and have a beer with someone who, who's looking for God, but they're trying to see God through you. And a lot of people will say, well, we need to have a beer together in order to reach them. No, you don't. That's like saying I need to get in the bed with a, a, a in order to reach her. No, I don't. I need to love this person by living a life of integrity. So yeah, I'll go to a bar with you, but chances are I'm only going to have a root beer. So, Because I, I got Jesus on half of my feeds and the other half of my feeds are, are, and then I go out with you, I just party and I get drunk. And it's like, what do I do with Jesus? What do I do with Jesus? So when people are trying to find deliverance and they're trying to find it through you, you got to be careful. Paul says this, all things are permissible, but all things are not profitable. Meaning that I can do all things, but all things don't have a great godly payoff. He also says this, why be a stumbling block to your brother or sister in the Lord? So be careful. Now, is drinking a sin? No. But drunkenness means intoxication. It means to be affected mentally and physically, to lose control mentally and physically because you have an excessive amount of alcohol or drugs on the inside of you. 
I'm going to lighten it up. Stick with me. I feel we got to teach through this. We're millennials. We don't know a lot of this stuff. So you hear the term under the influence. That's really a spiritual term. Because at the point you become drunk, what becomes altered? Your thoughts, your will, and your emotions. And so when you're intoxicated with a foreign substance that is not God, at that point you have sinned. That's why Paul says, don't be drunk with wine for it will ruin your life. And so he says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And drunkenness causes a lot of tragedy, over 100,000 deaths a year um, due to drunkenness, 25,000 or 25% of which are due to drunk driving. That's always terrible. Over $6 billion in the United States are lost per year due to being fired or lack of productivity because someone is showing up hungover. And the devil wants you to be drunk. The devil wants you to stay bound. The devil doesn't want you to be filled with freedom, with power, with deliverance. He doesn't want you to be filled with clarity. He doesn't want you to have an expectation. He wants us to be drunk, but God is faithful. And God wants to deliver he wants to set free. He wants to fulfill. He wants to give you vision. He wants to give you power. He wants to give you influence. But we're getting so caught up. And I'll take it a step further. A lot of us don't struggle with wine. A lot of us are intoxicated with bitterness and pride and unforgiveness and fear. We're, we're intoxicated with these things, and these things have the capacity spiritually to alter our thoughts, our actions, and how we feel. But every day is an opportunity to be filled with the good stuff. Every day is an opportunity to open my scripture and to read verses like Jeremiah 29, 11. To, to, to read verses like Philippians 4, 8. We don't have it on the screen, but just follow me. It's okay. Philippians 4, 8, where Paul tells the church in Philippi, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard. Then the God of peace will be with you. Every day is a day to think, man, you know, how can I grow today? Man, who, who can I meet today? How can I, how can I network today? How can I become better? How can I become wiser? Like if I would size it up today and fill myself up with the good stuff, what is that going to produce in six months, a year, two years, three years, five years? If I stay faithful to God and if I stay faithful to my spouse, if I stay faithful, man, what kind of legacy could we leave behind for our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren? The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his kids' kids. So a brother want to leave some bread for my kids, and I want to leave some Jesus for my kids. Do you? Do you? 
Every day is a day to be filled up with the good stuff. So Paul says, be filled. Pull that up for me there, Rob. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. Is that up there? All right. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Rob is in, in the message. He's, he's distracted. And it's all good because it's a good word. Number three, I think every day is an opportunity to praise the Lord. If you're going to make the most of every day, wise decisions and be filled with the good stuff. But number three, every day is an opportunity to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 5, 19. Y'all okay out there? Good, good. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Making music to the Lord in your hearts. Um, the baseball season for Jaziel ended uh, a few months ago, and one of his last games was a very close game, and he was like the last up to bat. And uh, the score was, um, the bases were loaded, and the opposing team, they were up by one point. So Jay, Jaziel had a potential grand slam, but it was two outs, and it was two strikes. You know, that's a pretty tough situation. You're either going to hit this and you're going to win it or, or you're going to strike out and we're going to lose. And uh, you, could, you could almost sense the pressure on that last at bat. You can sense the pressure. And, uh, I mean, this little man with his baggy pants and his big jersey, he lined Jaziel up and he gave him a fast one and Jay swung and he missed it. And uh, he was just distraught. He threw his bat down. And, and it... it, it the pressure and, and the, 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 the weariness of it all came full circle in the car. And you could just tell because his countenance was down. And uh, my wife and I, we began to praise him and his team for all the good that they had done. And, and you saw, it's like, come on, man. Yeah, you, you lost the game, but you did good. You, you got a few outs. You, you, you actually got off base two times before you struck out. You guys played a hard fought, fought, fought a game. And... Uh, you know, you guys are going to return next season. It's going to be all good. And, hey, let's just go get some ice cream. It's going to be a good day. You're going to play video games. And, and you saw the pressure release. And I think a lot of us, and matter of fact, I know this, a lot of us are under a lot of pressure throughout the week, be it at work, be it, be it in your relationships, be it in your finances. A lot of us are under pressure with our supervisors, with our commanding officers, um, if you're on this team at Highlight Church, you may be under pressure by me from time to time. I know Chris, our creative director, he put in a lot of work um, last night to get certain things in order. But a lot of us are under pressure. Repeat this after me. Praise releases the pressure. Let's do it again. Praise releases the pressure. Praise releases the pressure. Because praise takes the attention off of your circumstance and it puts it on the one who can do something about your circumstance, right? That's what praise does. And so what we want to do is we want to approve, we want to recognize the God who has done good to us, who is doing good, and who's going to do great things in the future. We want to put the praise, the credit, the attention on him and we come to find out that praise releases the pressure. Psalm 118 verse 24 says this. This is the day the Lord has made. 
This is the day. Not yesterday. Not tomorrow. Today. Today. You, you can't put your hope in something that hasn't happened. But you can put your hope in the present. And that's where God is. Today is the day. The word praise means to approve, to accredit God for all he has done. Today is the day to praise the Lord. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Aside from my notes, because I got plenty of time. Um, yeah, I'm going to go in that direction. You know, personally, I've been out of sight and out of mind from social media. And I think part of it is because we've become so inundated with the need to seek encouragement. And so everyone has a quote. Everyone has a saying. Um, everyone has their own personal pulpit. And the pulpit is a sacred thing. Um, Jay-Z has a term. Steve Jobs has a quote. Zuckerberg has a quote. Ten minutes later, we need another quote. Paul just instructed the church in Ephesus that this is what you do because you are a soul. And what you're truly looking for is inspiration. Inspiration comes from the spirit of God. You're looking for God to breathe on your soul. And so one way that God breathes on your soul is through us excelling praise, he's able to then inhale affirmation, approval, strength, perspective, deliverance, and freedom. So me reading a quote isn't going to do it. It's going to last for about 10 minutes. But this kind of praise that Paul is talking about is spontaneous worship. It means that you can be heading to school. You can be heading to work. And you just start singing, Lord, I love you. I praise you. You're good. You've done great things. You're miraculous. You're wonderful. You're beautiful in my sight. It's a spontaneous praise. So he says, sing psalms, sing hymns from your heart, from your heart, making music to the Lord in your hearts. Because that's sustainability. And every day is an opportunity to praise the Lord. So that you can receive what your soul needs, not what your mind needs. You're, you're not your mind alone, but your soul. Your soul, exhale so God can inhale. That's one of the ways you make the most out of your day. Now, I think number four, an attitude of gratitude. You want to make the most out of your day? Adopt an attitude of gratitude. Paul says this, Ephesians 5 verse 20. And give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, for everything, for everything. I was home yesterday, and uh, let me just tell you this. Coca-Cola is life, right? Yes. Just, just hashtag that. Coca-Cola, uh-oh, getting, I'm not going to look over here. I'm looking, okay, I'm not looking here. I'm looking for some love. Coca-Cola is life. It, it does well from, oh, I'm not looking over here. It does well for my soul. And, um, 
hey, if they got some stuff that tastes like Coke, I might, I might invest. Oh, okay. Wow. They already got my money. You know, and so I'm, I'm fixing our spaghetti, and my two-year-old, I have a, a brand new Coke, and he has my iPad watching uh, Mickey Mouse. And the next thing I hear is, and I turn around, and I see the table, and it's just spill. It's everywhere. It's on papers, and it's on mail. It's just, it's everywhere. And I'm like, Judah, why? Such a good thing has been spilled, and I just paid for this with your mom's hard-earned money. Why, Judah? Go to bed. <laughs> and I, I got to thinking, though, how Coke is, for me, is such a good thing, and it's spilled all over the place. And I think that's how gratitude should be. Gratitude ought to spill all over our lives. We ought to allow gratitude to just spill all over into, into our, our mindset and into our hearts and and we ought, to, we ought to be grateful for our jobs. We ought to be grateful for our supervisors and, and our parents and our connections. We ought to let gratitude just spill all over the place. You know, Paul was actually in prison when he wrote this message. And one great thing about Paul was that his, his lifelong dream after he started to follow Jesus was that he would go to Rome and preach the gospel to Caesar. Because if you got the gospel to the president, it could go out. It could go out all across the province. At this time, Rome is the largest kingdom in all the earth. So if I get to Caesar and I get him to believing in Jesus, man, this thing could change forever. Paul actually ends up in prison with the Roman guard. And in Philippians, you see where Paul says, I'm okay. I'm okay to be in fetters and shackles and in chains because the Roman guard has started to hear about the good news of Jesus. Their families are being changed. Their marriages are being changed. Everything is being changed in their lives. And guess what? It's also made its way to the top. So Paul himself was never able to appear before Caesar, but the Roman guard, the senators, and the officials took the gospel of Jesus Christ to Caesar. Paul was the most effective apostle to ever live. He preached the gospel across, across three continents. He, 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 he got more people saved than we can probably count in, in, in the states across our region. He, he had hundreds of thousands of people that followed Jesus Christ. He was great. He was amazing. He was the best. He was awesome. But guess what it was all rooted in? Nope. It was all, his greatness, his effectiveness was all rooted in gratitude. Put this down. You will only be great at what you're grateful for. If you're grateful for it, you're going to be great at it. If you're grateful for your relationships, you're going to be a great friend. If you're grateful for your job, you're going to be a great employee. If you're grateful for your career, you're going to move up the ladder. If you're grateful to be a leader, you're going to be a great leader. If you're grateful, you're going to be great if you're grateful. And if you're great, you're grateful. If you're grateful, you're going to be great. 
I really need you to get this because a lot of us want significance in life. But God can't even get us to get promoted. He can't bless us the way he wants to bless us because the things he's already given us, we're not grateful for. And if you would become grateful at these things, you would become great. Paul was grateful to be a prisoner for the sacrifice and the witness and the life and the news of Jesus Christ. And that's what made him so great. He was grateful. I'm, I'm, I'm going to work this morning. Oh, just another day at the job. Okay, you got a job. You're riding in a car with AC. You're going to a job to get paid. Because there was a season where you didn't have a job. And you were praying because you're in crisis. Now, be grateful and be great. You want to make the most out of your day? It's hard. It is so hard to be bitter and grateful at the same time. It's so hard to say, Lord, I thank you for every ounce of income, every connection, every relationship. God, I thank you for this broke down car. Lord, I thank you for the sickness. It's not easy, but I'm sick, and you're going to grow my soul. You're going to grow my spirit. I'm thankful for this season because I'm not going to be stuck here, but you're, you're creating me to be more like Jesus, and I'm grateful for it. And God is like, angels? Do you hear that? We were on food stamps four years ago on staff at a mega church. What did we do? We remain grateful to even be on staff, to even have the influence over small groups and women and, and, and thousands of dollars of income. We, we stayed grateful because we knew God gave us something. And it wasn't about our current circumstance. It was about where he was taking us. I'm trying to get us somewhere this morning because I want you to make the most of every day. Watch this. Watch this. Saying in my notes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The way you win an hour. No, let's go back. The way you win a minute is to win a second. You win an hour by winning a minute. You're smart enough. You can finish this. You win a day by winning the hours. You win a week by winning the day. You win the month by winning a week. You win the year by winning the months. You win a decade by winning the years. But it all starts with how you make the most out of every second. Wise decisions. Attitude of gratitude. Fill up on the good things. And praising the Lord. And so outcomes are huge, but God wants us to see the spiritual opportunities. So you may not be physically where you want to be right now. A lot of times you can't control that, but what you can control are these four things that, the, that Paul just gave us out of Ephesians 5. Those are the four things. I'm grateful for five things in my life. <clears throat> My friendships um, highlight church, my children, my wife, and Jesus. He's first. He's first. 
I'm grateful for all five of those things. <clears throat> and um, I think most importantly, I'm grateful this morning for you being here and receiving encouragement, <clears throat> being uh, in fellowship with the saints. We get to study God's word together. Was today good? Did you get something from today? And uh, I'm grateful that someone's paradigm has been shifted. Someone's perspective has been um, um, inspired and encouraged. I just want y'all to make the most out of every day. Hey, let's pray. Uh, Father, we love you this morning. We give you all the praise and the honor. And Jesus, I ask that you would continue to help us, God. Help us, Lord, to make the most of every day. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness is new every morning. Thank you, God, that today we get the chance to make wise decisions. Thank you, Lord, that we have the chance to size things up in our lives, to think things through, to pray about it, to seek counsel. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to fill up on the good stuff, the stuff that accompanies your spirit, freedom, restoration, healing, vision. Help us to fill up on these things this morning. Lord, I thank you that we have the opportunity to praise you freely without persecution. So God, help us to open up our tongues in our homes. Help us to release a praise and a worship from our lips that pleases you in the middle of our day so that we could receive what our souls need. And Jesus, help us and give us the grace to have an attitude of gratitude for how you've so richly blessed us with all things. As we're grateful, you can grow us in our greatness. In Jesus' name, amen.